0: from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast.
1: It's the week of Friday, March 1st, 2013. This is The Relevant Podcast. If you're a new listener, The Relevant Podcast is a weekly show where the team behind Relevant brings you interviews, music, culture, and absolutely necessary, important news that affects your life. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment. Users can choose the audio versions of their favorite books with a library of more than 100,000 titles. Some great books currently available through audible.com include Andy Stanley's Seven Practices of Effective Ministry, Craig Rochelle's Alter Ego Becoming Who God Says You Are, Mark Batterson's The Circle Maker, and a lot more. Relevant podcast listeners can get a free audiobook and a 30 day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com. Slash relevant. It's a special URL. It's only available at audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. Well, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: To her left, our managing editor, interim podcast member, Tyler Huckabee. Still interim. <laughs>
3: I'll
4: get it. Hi, guys. On the po- on the <laughs> Skype line
1: from Loverland, Virginia, our, our, our contributing editor, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And on the ones and twos over there, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snabley. Hello, friends. So this is a very special episode. Why? For a number of reasons. One of which, today, March 1st, 2013, Uh, 2013, is the 10-year anniversary of Relevant Magazine. Wow. Wow. It's huge. (laughs) It's a big one. So we have a cupcake here in the studio. With us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a single
3: cupcake every ten years. You get a
1: cupcake. <laughs> so coming up later, uh, we we invite in the other member of the editorial team, and we're going to tell you a little bit of behind the scenes about our really really cool, very very fun ten year anniversary issue, which has Tony Hale of Arrested Development and yeah. Deep Fame mm. on the cover. Very so cool. it is a packed issue.
2: Congrats, babe. Thanks. Way to, Way to go. Way to go.
3: Yeah, that is so a big deal. 10 years. That is a decade. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jesse. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it like that, wow. Yeah.
4: Think have, of your last year and then think of it 10 times.
3: That's <laughs> it's a lot of did. stuff.
1: No, it's a lot of stuff. That would actually, that's our tagline from now on. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff.
3: So, so Cameron, in the last 10 years, what have been for you personally some of the more memorable features in the magazine?
1: Uh, our first kind of mainstream, what? How do we get that one cover was Moby. I right i'm going to say pod yeah
3: uh.
1: no, that one's easy to get <laughs> uh, i i remember moby reached out to us like usually you have to go after these yeah. people there's there's uh, mm-hmm. um, moby reached out to us uh he wanted to talk to relevant about jesus that's right. what the publicist told us like we had the,
2: the writer go up there and to, like, his, house, to and his house and New like, New York. it was a really big deal it was stunning
1: photo shoot it was right. first time we had like a legit cover we did that yeah that was that was groundbreaking and when was that how how I, far into that probably the, about it was the first year. It was the first year. Yeah, was like it? it was early '04. Wow. It was wow. maybe our one-year anniversary issue, somewhere around in there. Right around there. I'll I'll never forget the story of Mickey Rourke.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah. The yeah.
1: Mickey Rourke story, where in our in our article, he tells the story of why the church, why faith is so important to him because it saved his life. And you're like, okay, what do you mean? <laughs> no, it literally <laughs> saved his life. Mickey Rourke went through a really tough r- season and Mm -hmm. his wife uh, he and his wife were drug addicts and his wife got raped he tells us this story in in the magazine his wife got raped he found out who did it he gets a gun and he leaves his apartment to go and confront the guy his plan was to murder the guy and then kill himself because he couldn't handle life Mm -hmm. and on and uh, Mickey came from a broken home but his dad was Catholic and so there were parts of his childhood where growing up he would go stay with his dad and And would have to go to mass and stuff. And so as he's going there in this blind, drugged up rage, he uh, passed a church because he was going to murder himself. Decided that he should probably say his last rites or whatever and get right with God or something. You know, Mm -hmm. he had this like kind of superstition about it. Sure. So he goes into the church and he sits there. And uh, a priest comes up to him and sits down with him and talks to him for hours. And uh, ends up that Mickey leaves the gun there with the priest, turns his, turns his back, and, and turned his back on that life and got himself clean, turned his life around. Mickey doesn't have a family. And so every holiday, he goes back to New York and spends the holidays with that priest and his family. It's like his adopted family. And the church literally saved his life. And then That's it was awesome. among... I mean, he was saying to our writer, "This was like the first time he's ever told this story publicly." And that's
4: such a that's a crazy it was unbelievable,
1: story. Yeah. yeah. And it's from Mickey Rourke. That was the one where I was kind of going, "We actually publish a magazine, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah. we we have a platform <laughs> to yeah. tell stories that are compelling and stuff." I mean,
3: and it coincided with his own career redemption, as right? Well.
1: It really yeah. did. It was right yeah. when
3: that movie came out and The Wrestler. The Wrestler. The wrestler, the wrestler. wrestler.
1: That's why he was on the cover. Yeah, yeah. it was right then. So, you know, there's a couple moments. There's been a lot of highlights.
2: I remember, I think it was the second issue where everyone thought you were the person on the cover. First issue. Was that the first issue? Yeah. Yeah. With
3: well, the guy back to the camera, like looking over the looking over cityscape. The city. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's right.
1: Yeah. So that's when we learned that photo shoots are important. <laughs>
2: important. <laughs> and
1: you don't put a stock
3: photo on your magazine
2: cover. Um, <laughs> we didn't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was knew. the first just, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just seeing how they make this a goes. mistake. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of it's been interesting to see the evolution over the years but maybe we'll talk more about that in that segment Yeah. also coming up on the show today uh, they hit number one in the worldwide iTunes charts day of their release Joel Houston of Hillsong United joins us. Good for them to talk Good about job. Zion. Awesome. They're brand new. Knocking ones. the
3: Harlem Shake out. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time someone dethroned that Harlem Shake. Well, in Im- iTunes. they
1: incorporated
4: the Harlem Shake into some of their worship videos, so I think it was more of a more of a coming
3: together
5: of number one hits.
3: <laughs> right. It's just a Harlem Shake remix album, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> From Hillsong.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, we're mixing things up a little. Normally right here is where I would do our entertainment releases. You know, I've only done it the exact same way for about, say, six or seven years. Time to grow up. <laughs> it's our anniversary. It's a new month. Time to grow up. So we've created a new segment called Relevant Recommends. It's up next? Stay tuned.
6: Stay tuned.
0: Pursuing justice shows that God isn't primarily concerned with personal piety, but with empowering his children to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with their creator. The message is as hopeful as it is fresh. When you discover anew the meaning of the gospel and give your life away, you will find it, and it will be the best life you can imagine. Pursuing justice is available wherever books are sold.
1: You're listening to Yeah, Yeah, Yes. The song is sacre
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
1: don't endorse. We don't endorse the topic of this. <laughs> is,
4: it, is it said with that little French accent? in it? Sacre-Lige. It <laughs> Sacre-Bleu. It's a girl. It kind
3: of disarms it a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it, it, it sound. You know? <laughs> it sounds a lot more playful.
4: Oh, it's just French. That's cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
3: He's just saying something fancy, that's all. <laughs> Him and his fancy talk.
1: <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Goldfields with the song Dark Again. I don't know how gold fields could be dark. Never. More than once, especially.
4: Mm. Black gold.
1: Texas uh, tea. Oh, it's an oil no. field. No. Ah. I asked what they did there. Very See, clever. oil is the new gold. So, gold fields Just in the modern now. context are dark because <laughs> it's black gold. That was a lot wow. smarter song than we gave it credit for at first. <laughs> they were way smarter than us. <laughs> really subversive. But, oh, wait. but the album's called Black Sun.
2: Oh, oh, oh boy. Black Hole Probably. Sun. <laughs> You
1: I think that's it. it's a remix maybe. album of Black sure Hole Sun and the Sound Garden and
2: the Harlem
3: Shake.
0: <laughs> Black Sun, the Hill Song, heavy. The the hell new hell song featuring Joel Houston.
2: <laughs> we got ideas, guys. Ideas. Start a label.
1: If you're a new listener, this is the sort of finger on the pulse of culture commentary that you can expect.
3: Sound Garden reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we've heard of Harlem
3: Shake. <laughs> we know what the kids maybe, are talking about. Maybe you should Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Yahoo it.
1: (laughs) Well, instead of cramming entertainment releases into that front segment, because that front segment usually meanders, we decided uh, that uh, the entertainment aspects of the show should get its own little piece of the pie here. So this is the very first Relevant Recommend. If you read our magazine, you know in the back of the issue, we have uh, media recommendations, uh, stuff we're into you should check out. We figured instead of just listing you know, kind of new releases and flying through it, we should kind of evolve that to help you discover stuff that we've discovered. So, uh, yeah, we'll mention the new releases that you should be aware of, but also just other stuff that that's buzzing around our office. And uh, I thought it'd be an interesting kind of format shift. So... Yeah. What I'm going to do is uh, start out, tell you the new movies coming out this week, and uh, we'll play a clip of uh, one of the trailers, and then we'll talk about some music as well. So,
2: Great.
1: Uh, movies coming out this week, Friday, March 8th. We got Emperor with Matthew Fox and Tommy Lee Jones. There's a lot of Southern accents in that one. <laughs> I don't think I've seen anything for that Emperor. One. Also coming out Dead Man Down with Colin Farrell, Terrence Howard, and... Uh, i guess the big budget probable disappointment that some people might go see but nobody's looking forward to oz the great and powerful yeah my here's the clip here's the trailer i don't want to be a good man
0: i want to be a great one wow sounds like david caruso powerful yeah (laughs)
4: Now, there's like three possible witches, right? And we don't know which one ends up being yeah. the Wicked Witch. Anyway. Yeah, they all look yeah. pretty. All right, wicked, Oz, so. is, Oz is yeah. coming out. Go see I it.
2: I think it's going to be good. I, I don't
4: get why this is coming out when Wicked, which is already a huge success, which everybody would... I mean, there's a... I don't know about everybody, not the me. Play? A lot of people would love to see a film adaptation of Wicked, especially yeah. with mm. musicals right now. Right. And they decided to do this thing, which
3: some it, people think looks good. also in this.
4: Probably. Sure. He's one of the flying monkeys. He's actually all of them. They just digitized it.
1: <laughs> Here's my problem. I don't like CG movies where like, the primary it's environment feature, is CG. That's why you like the Fast and Furious franchise because it's all
3: real. Oh, <laughs> it's all real. They do all their own stuff. stuff.
2: Okay. Cameron's world got just rocked just with the Oscars. Dude. Or dude. Oscars.
0: <laughs> and, uh, dude. and
1: the Oscars. Yeah. Okay. There was a clip when they were doing the visual
0: <laughs> yep. effects.
5: Yeah.
2: His heart literally like, he went, oh,
1: it was one of the race a, scenes from hmm. Fast and Furious. It was a really magical moment. And, and they showed the, the <laughs> CG, uh, that the cars were CG. I, my jaw
3: dropped. He
1: started crying. I was stunned. <laughs>
3: did, you, did, you like, did you rip the, the movie out of your DVD player and just throw it out? No. The window
4: Did you, did you kick, kick the TV in? I've been lied to. I've been lied to.
3: That's it's like, what It's happened. like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so that's movies. Music coming out on Tuesday, March 5th. We got a few. Brooke Wagoner is coming out with Originator. Mm-hmm. She's really great. Yeah. Josh Ritter with The Beast in its tracks. And uh, our pick of the week, Youth Lagoon with Wondrous Bug House. So, uh, Eufaula is going to be in the, next, in the upcoming issue. It's going to be yes, they're
4: they're going to be in our May June issue. We uh, we talked to him. He's a he's a really great guy. He's young.
1: Uh, and I, I liked young, his... Young, literally. He's like 13. He's And he's, he lives in a lagoon. <laughs> which is where he got youths. his name. Mm-hmm.
4: It's where it's... Uh, he comes from a whole lagoon full of youths. Mm-hmm. And he just sort of is trumpeting their cause to the rest of us through his music.
0: He is also a hipster poster child. He is
4: a hipster. I mean... Wow.
2: How old is he really?
4: Like 18 or 20.
2: He's yeah, he is really pretty odd. young. He's,
4: he's young. I think his new album is a big step forward for him. Yeah, I do too. I, I really, I, it sounds a lot more. It does sound more mature. Uh huh. I wouldn't say it's an adult lagoon yet, <laughs> but it's, it's not right. as yeah. useful as the right, last lagoon was. Right,
0: He's hitting some of the college age kids. Now, so. <laughs> it's got a good sound to it. It's uh, <clears throat> it's I'm, streaming on NPR, and it's got it's got a little bit more of a circusy feel. Not in in an annoying way, but uh, he <laughs> just it, <it's>, yeah, <laughs> he experiments <laughs> with <laughs> some more sounds than he did on his first record, it's, which is really interesting. It's sort of
4: fun housey and sort of. It's it's definitely different. Yeah. You won't hear a whole lot like it this
0: Tyler,
1: year. Tyler, what else are you listening to right now?
4: I've been listening to a lot of a band. Uh, have any of you guys heard of this band, uh, Adams for Peace?
1: No, tell uh, me about uh, them,
4: Tyler. <laughs> the, Don't ex- they have like, like a,
3: a lead singer who is just kind of coming He's out of nowhere? Done yeah. like
4: something. He, but done he something. He's younger he, than you, figure. He really just burst on the scene.
3: <laughs> well, well real, real quick, to contend with that, Continue with that. Can I throw out a release that's a bit more conventional? Okay. Well, well it's a new single. Uh, the album's not coming out till May, but Fits in the Tantrums. Do you guys remember their album from, like... in 2011? Yeah. Of course, I'm
4: a fan of Fits in the Tantrums.
3: Yeah. They released a new single in, in anticipation for uh, their new album. And it's the only song I've heard off the new record because it doesn't come out till May. And it seems to have a, a bit more of the it still kind of has that soulful kind of they had that progressive sort of motown feel mixed with indie pop this one feels a little bit more indie pop but it's really good and it's certainly a bit more conventional than the adams for peace record not that i'm saying making any commentary about it but it's it's a catchy kind of indie pop tune that's really cool
1: play a clip from it. Fits in the Tantrums uh, was Cohen's first concert after Yo Gabba
3: Gabba. Really?
1: Yeah, we were. Did my, you dig it? My and I were dri- riding our bikes around the neighborhood, right. and we rode down to uh, my local record shop, and we pulled up and heard really loud music playing inside the record shop. And parked our bikes, went in there, and Fits in the Tantrums was playing in the in the store. And so we just hung out Free concert Cohen loved it he did. Ended up getting a vinyl The guys signed it to him They loved him Like he was dancing <laughs> Like when it was over Like he was like What? Like you know he Yeah wanted to keep he going. wanted to do more It was awesome So yeah we love fits and Tantrums Yeah,
3: yeah so they have A new album coming out In May But the first single Off it is Out of My League And you can download it now
1: Well I'm gonna recommend uh, One that came out This past week Zion From Hillsong United Yeah uh, right. You know it's really good yeah. They, uh, we got the we got it about a month ago, and it came on a day that I needed it. If you love Hillsong's, uh, Hillsong, Hillsong United's old stuff, it's got the anthem stuff uh, the, that you can sing in an arena, but it's it's also it got a different take. It's a lot more studio work, not as much of a live sound, a lot more female leads. Um, A lot more kind of intimate, worshipful stuff That's really, really powerful And it's uh, an album I find myself listening to a lot So um, if you're looking for a new worship album Get uh, Hillsong United It's apparently it's number one album in the world right now
4: It's an an innovation in a genre That's not known for innovating itself very often Which I think is really, really impressive And it still managed to be very worshipful And and, very accessible And very accessible and and really authentic
1: Their fans will love it But it'll draw in new people too that's a,
0: a good thing mm-hmm. So
2: uh, I am so not the person to ask about music just FY to everybody
0: but what are you listening to yeah. right now Maya
2: uh, besides all the mixtapes right. Cameron's made me step up soundtracks step up soundtracks <laughs> <laughs> Nelly yeah um, I'm actually still listening to The Lone Bellow it's oh, been oh, out sure. for a couple weeks good, Cohen sure. loves, Cohen loves it he loves the first song on it and he'll let me play it. Yeah. Is it album. Green Eyes is that the name yeah, yeah and, he, yeah, just listens, and an he sings it in the yeah. back it's amazing
3: it's a good record. Exactly. That was
0: a yeah. buck ninety nine on Amazon MP3 this last that's week. A lot of, of wow. yeah, podcast guests steal. went over and picked wow,
1: it up.
4: It's crazy. Yeah. No, we
1: love them. Lone bellow. Can't go wrong. Alright, that'll do it for relevant recommends. Stay tuned. Up next. Slices. listening to Adams for Peace. Those are the beeps and weird sounds that you're hearing right now. <laughs> that is the angelic sound. The song is Ingenue, ingenue. the unmitigated genius <laughs> from the new Amok. Um, um, All right, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All
3: right, well, speaking of finger on the pulse, uh, particularly of viral sensations such as the Harlem Shake, you know, I usually don't like to do a lot of crossover content of stuff that's been on the website and do it on the podcast, but... This one is so good, and it lends itself so perfectly to an audio medium that I think we should discuss it. You know, the internet and YouTube have given us a a, a lot of of weird trends over the last few years. You know, I mean, we we got the Harlem Shake right now, you know, about a year and a half ago or the last couple years. Like the auto-tune remixes Mm -hmm. of viral news clips was like a big thing that were really funny. Well, the latest sensation is by far the weirdest and by far the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in the last month or so, I think the, I think the first big compilation uh, hit in the first week of February, uh, compiled a compilation of goats screaming like people. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently gro- goats scream like people. And I actually sent Chad uh, 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 the clip of the compilation so we can take a quick listen.
0: So here, here it is.
6: <laughs> oh, so,
1: those are all goats. <laughs>
6: what, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're listening to goats.
1: What's crazy is when you see it and you hear the noise come out with the mouth of yeah. that mouth. That's when it's even like to another it's level. Sort of. Yeah. Eerie. Mis- yeah. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And, and mind you, like, these goats, like, aren't being, like, you know, mishandled. They're just standing around screaming. They're just screaming.
1: Yeah, nobody's touching the goats. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, so these hilarious videos of, of people start uploading hilarious videos, people that obviously have access to goats, uh, of goats screaming. So what's the next logical step in this, in these, in, in, in the hilarious video process? Something funny happens. It makes it on YouTube. And then it works its way into music videos. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I sent Chad a couple examples of goat screaming like people music videos that uh, have made their rounds on YouTube. Chad, can you go ahead and uh, cue up? Let's let's start with let's start with Usher.
0: All right, here you go. You're
3: like stepping up right
1: now. Maya's dancing on the table right now. Yeah. Get down. It,
3: this is a, this is a dance party. Yeah.
6: <laughs> Let me know
5: <laughs>
3: now, I no want to remind people that is a goat
5: that
3: Let's go ahead and, and, and cue up uh, Usher protege, Justin Bieber mm.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All
3: right, we'll do one more. Oh one more. Uh, uh, America's sweetheart, Taylor Swift.
6: You were trouble when you walked in. Shame on me, man.
2: <laughs> I think that's my favorite. I one. think
4: that's my favorite too. Oh,
2: wonderful. Oh,
3: uh, the internet's so, really coming into
4: thank its own you, here. Thank you, <laughs> yeah,
3: well done, internet. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, when when future generations look back on what our generation was able to accomplish with these marvelous breakthroughs in technology that had the capability of uniting the world and, <laughs> and connecting people they're going to see these and think that generation was hilarious.
4: <laughs> I think it sort of makes the whole internet worth it like for all the bad things that have come out of the internet. like dude, Porn.
3: Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah This definitely neutralizes porn. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't say dude, it
4: balances the scales. Like, maybe the internet's yeah, back yeah, to yeah, zero. Yeah, war was on to something. That's all I'm
3: saying. <laughs> like when he was tinkering around in his, his lab, you know, conceiving of his invention, he knew one day that people would be making goat screaming remixes.
2: It's kind of what Cameron, you sound like when you step on a crab in the Stop. ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Stop! <laughs> Why did you? Your, have to... Yours is a little higher so pitched, Actually, behind this, did hey, you step on a crab hey, in the
1: ocean? If you're in the ocean and,
3: <laughs> and little, you can't see the bottom. No, you can't see you, the bottom. We're not talking
1: what, the Caribbean here.
4: We're you're, talking the Atlantic. You don't know what you're stepping on.
1: Yeah, you're already kind of wondering what's in the water that you can't see. It's on the, it's in the back of your mind. And if you come down and put your foot down, and a little crab pinches it, (laughs) what are you gonna do? How little, how little a crab? I don't know. It hurt. Okay, I didn't see the crab. He
2: screamed so high pitched (laughs) and like like his. Legs are suddenly like high stepping it out of the water, and like I just was like, infestation. I just didn't even move. I was so in awe of this scream, like that just came out of your mouth. As if,
3: even though you're like in the warm Atlantic in Florida, it's like (laughs) you know, massive Alaskan blue crabs, you know, (laughs) taking toes off down there.
4: Yeah, so I think it's probably time for the Cameron Strang screaming like goats, screaming like
2: people (laughs) (laughs) remix of Taylor Swift's songs. Yeah, it sounds great. We're
1: on it. Oh man, all right, what do you have, Mike?
2: I kind of have two. I can't decide which one I want to do. They're kind of short. I guess I could do both.
0: Do them both and then we'll vote. The users will decide. The users
2: will decide. So this happened in our lovely state of Florida, of course, a little little couple hours down south. A guy decided that he was was living with his girlfriend and he decided that he would just, for no reason, decided to tell her that he was now um, a sheriff. He found himself a sheriff's uniform that he stole from his... Brother-in-law, or so. Something.
3: So he hadn't actually been like yet deputized. No. He just decided to make the announcement.
2: Yeah, he just decided in August of last year that he was now a police officer, and he was going to just totally tell his girlfriend who he lived with that this is what now his job. So, somebody, so
3: it's sort of like that. So he could have just been mistaken, like that episode of The Office where Michael Scott. He's in a lot of financial dis- uh, trouble, and he decides to declare bankruptcy. Right, and he thinks that all you need to do to declare bankruptcy is go out and yell, declare. "I declare bankruptcy." <laughs> he thinks the same thing with the sheriff. Like you, it, it's pr- a pretty simple process.
2: Right. So apparently his girlfriend on his uh, family and his friends they all believed him he was giving out different advice for traffic citations, child custody, how to avoid DUI arrest no all of this stuff to his to his friends and family and they all believed him he, They said he even went to um, a friend's New Year's Eve party dressed as like he had just gotten off duty as he was dressed in his, his cop uniform. A lot of people wear cop outfit. uniforms
1: to New Year's Eve parties
2: yeah I, mean, I guess they do so it turns out. Apparently, the sheriff, uh, the actual police office, got a, you know, somehow found out about this and did an investigation. Turns out, he just works at Pizza Hut. And he just decided he wanted to become a, a police officer because he wanted to impress his girlfriend.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Oh, that's just sweet. to
7: impress
4: her. That's actually that's kind, of, that's yeah. kind of putting his it's life nice. on the line, really.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's a dangerous job. You
2: think Vulnerable.
1: that's sweet? Yeah, I think it's awesome. I Good think it's pretty him. awesome. I mean, it yeah. makes me respect Pizza Hut more, too. <laughs>
3: makes me- See, I, but I don't know why he stopped with Sheriff. You know right. like if you're gonna just fabricate a, a job you know wh- you why do something that's relatively obtainable? you could be an astronaut yeah. that's what i that's the first thing I thought of well, an astronaut. Duh. No, big deal. astronaut. <laughs>
2: so he was arrested he's out on two thousand dollar bond um it just made me th- made me think like if pe- like what people go extent they go to into order to impress their boyfriend or their girlfriend mm. and have you guys anything mm. extreme?
3: I pretended to be an astronaut once. Dana still doesn't know.
4: I remember there was a—I was like 14, probably 13 or four. I was young, and I had a big crush on this girl who's a little bit older, and she was like a—she was a rebel. She was a rebellious. Well, I mean, she probably wasn't really. Was she involved
3: in the space program? <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> she, and she and, and the only thing I really I mean maybe she wasn't a rebel the only thing I i, I knew that she that she smoked cigarettes and and when you grow up in Nebraska that's pretty rebellious
5: mm-hmm.
1: um, <laughs> I thought they handed them out in kindergarten
3: <laughs> <laughs> it like comes in your lunchbox with a little thermos in, in Nebraska <laughs> tobacco she, products
4: she she asked she asked me one time if I if, if I wanted to like we were, we were rehearsing for a for a play so obviously she wasn't that rebellious again but (laughs) but we were rehearsing for a play and she asked me if I wanted to sneak out back and and smoke with her and I was like oh well I I I smoke all the time, so <laughs> duh, sure. obviously I do. Ob- um, yeah, Where, where's <laughs> the sigs? <laughs> <laughs> you that's... got Newports. What are we doing? <laughs> so I, I followed her out back, but then when it when push came to shove, I just couldn't. I just you couldn't didn't. do it. I no, thought maybe you did, and no. you just choked and just like ate the whole thing accidentally or something. I was yeah. worried. That's <laughs> what would happen. Like, <laughs> you as soon lit, as she
3: you, you lit the wrong end. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, as soon as she handed me the lighter, that's, I, that's I was that's the
1: like... fuse end, and
4: then exploded. In your face. <laughs> <laughs> it was a stick. Of dynamite and I was like
3: this is a trick
1: <laughs> my muscles are sore like it hurts mm, mm. why we uh- Tell us
0: oh, about no, that. No, I'm sore.
1: No, I'm just sore. Oh.
0: You have been working out? Anything going on there? Anything we should know no, about? i
3: well. <laughs> have been working out well. lot. you say you've been working out? Because I haven't seen anything on Twitter, so. <laughs> I'm a little confused. Usually, a lot of people know. It, Broadcast Just got back sweating in the gym. No big deal. Here's my new 5K time. <laughs>
1: I'd like to know how many uh, miles my, you ran. I haven't worked my way up to 5K yet. I didn't step foot in a gym in two years, so it, uh. Couch to 5K via the refrigerator. Yeah,
0: I did couch to refrigerator <laughs> a for lot last of two years. Back. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so, of course, having not done anything for a long time, you went in full force. Full
1: force, shock and awe. That shock was my awe. theory. Shock just,
3: just just did a quick shock to the system.
1: Little <laughs> shock and awe, get things back in go shape. You know, to get things pumping again. So I did. Uh, kind of might have overdid it. Mm-hmm. So,
4: like, in what in what way did you overdo it?
1: Uh, I kind of remembered my max reps and max weights from. When I was in shape, mm-hmm. just went ahead and started there from your yeah. own so, and you did three rounds, twelve reps. <laughs> I did three full circuits first yeah. time I've been in two years, and then mm-hmm. you know elliptical and running. How, how
3: many days ago was this, Cameron?
1: Well, I'm doing a I'm doing a shock and awe also to to work out four to five days a week. So Oof, this is an it's, ongoing. It's campaign. has been going. But At
3: first, I thought you said 45 days. Literally, <laughs> 45 days.
1: But the first day of shock and awe was Sunday night. we were recording this on Wednesday. It really hit me to the point of like almost like rigor mortis last night, <laughs> Tuesday night. So two days after the first time, it was really. Painful. Like, so
3: you're saying your body is starting to slowly die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> trying to reach the cupboard last night to get a glass of water what, took me about six minutes. It was like I had to like position my body sideways. You're making all these
2: things. You're like, oh, oh, And I'm like, what's wrong? And just you're out
3: like, of curiosity, I just had to you, get uh, a, And cup? just, you know, I think this is an interesting discussion topic. Are you using, uh, are you using a personal trainer? Or are you just going in there with, you don't need that? All you right, don't he, need.
1: Here's the deal. Back in college, I took. Four oh, semesters. you bring this up
3: all
2: the time. Four semesters That's of really weight training.
3: Annoying.
1: I know all. I know, the, I know the form. I know the stuff. So, yeah, so I don't you're, know, not, you're not.
3: You're not going to pay for some.
2: Hasn't things changed since? Weightlifting 98?
4: technology has gone through quite an innovate. Lots yeah, we're not, of innovations since. See Maya last <laughs> I, night. I disagree. I
3: I work out with nothing but a bunch of old medicine balls. <laughs> 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 so okay, um, I have I have an like, anvil, Jerry like one, one of those like <laughs> cubicle. Anvils, you know, and you just kind of <laughs> heave it around, and medicine balls. That's all I need. I think
4: of nineties weight training, and I think of like people in a lot of brightly colored late purple 90s, spandex. First of all, mm-hmm. late
3: nineties.
1: So first of all, I know the form. Second of all, over the last ten years, there were seasons where I would have a personal trainer. You know, so okay. she would okay. keep me updated on any changes in biology. You know, so, so it's no not like
3: any new discoveries. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> the oh, multiple if, evolutions. If, yeah. of <laughs> like we discovered a new weight. <laughs> so I know. What it's what is weird. It's right between 25 and 26 pounds. It's, we didn't even know about this weight before. You should be aware. But it's the perfect weight. Yeah. It really It's Yeah. Scientists have been working pretty hard to crack this one. So make sure you incorporate it. So I know about. You're not the, just doing the medicine ball thing, are you?
1: I know, I know about rotating. You know, do your upper body one day, your lower body the next. I, you know, muscle confusion. I'm mm-hmm. in on all of it. Okay. I know all the trends. I just decided to go all in, shock and awe, work out every muscle in my body day one, and then go from there. You know? please,
3: can you please tell me that when you went to the gym, you carried yourself? Like someone who was going in for a shock and awe campaign. Like you had the weight belt on, you to cut off sweats. Like when someone was on a machine that it was obviously you needed to use, you just stood right over them staring. Watch out. Gah!
4: How many How just, many sweatbands did you have on your person? Like obviously one around your head.
3: Yeah.
4: A couple on the arm.
1: Various on the appendages R, with yeah, sweatbands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here here's the thing that I've also learned is like the the gym I'm going to is uh, our neighborhood gym. It's not a it's not a big one. And um and so day 1 I'm in there it's Sunday night. There's, you know, four or five other people in the room. You know, and everybody's kind of sizing each other up and kind of like they saw me as the outer shaped guy that they've never seen there before. So I kind of got those looks. Well, then the next day <laughs> You know, I'm walking in. So you in. had
3: to impress them out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he decided it's there and then. This is one campaign. guy that was like crazy in shape. I mean, just like he was doing marathoner types. I was like, I was really impressed and intimidated. And so then the next night, I'm going in. And as I'm walking in, he's walking out. And I'm going, hey, he's doing back-to-back days. So am I. We got a little something. I gave him a little head nod. Right. (laughs) Nothing. Uh, Nothing uh, back. He looked at me like, you are a freaking fraud. You are so low. What? Because you come two days out of a thousand. I'm going to give you a head nod. No head nod. So I have not broken into the uh, acceptance level. There could be a really heartwarming tale here though of acceptance like you just keep showing up
4: and keep, keep giving him your head nod and sooner or later he's going to have to nod back. He can't ignore I, you
3: forever. I, I'm, really, I'm really confused about a couple of things though Cameron because you say you're sore but
5: I'm very sore. You know, I,
3: I, did, I did some weight training in college too so I'm, I think it may be your technique. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you lifting with your back? <laughs> okay so, so that's one. When you, when you lift something you just haphazardly grab it and jerk up as hard as you can while screaming?
1: <laughs> well, that's what I was taught.
3: Yeah. I, well, okay. Yeah. I don't understand why you're sore. It's so <laughs> not sense. sense. am just having trouble putting the pieces together here. I've, yeah.
1: been ty- I've been aware that my body was probably going to seize up on me. So I've been doing a lot of things to try and stay limber. You know, just wait, wait. Kinda... wait.
3: You, you're afraid your body's going to seize up like mid-workout? Like you're lifting <laughs> no, weights and you no, just no, no, lock no. up? Well, no, days later. It like,
1: already like, setting oh. in. That's what I'm saying. Like I knew that a really bad shock and awe seize up was on its right, way.
3: Right. I was gonna so, say, if your concern is that happening during weightlifting, I would reconsider weightlifting.
4: <laughs> 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 so, an epileptic fit that sets <laughs> in and the middle weights over here.
1: <laughs> so I've been walking around trying to stay limber. You know, I've been trying to kind of <laughs> combat G- rigor mortis. So I've been like, you know, flailing my arms as I walked down the hall. Yeah. I've been walking on tiptoes. I've been, <laughs> but I feel like my entire body is on the verge of one massive like. Um, uh, uh Charlie Conjection. horse, like just a full body, a full you. body. Charlie horse <laughs> is just like on it.
4: Uh, that's what I'm on the cusp of. You just curl into a fetal position and you can't break out. So of I, it.
1: I figure if I can keep going every night, I will stave off the full body. Charlie horse, you know, but <laughs> I think the second that I stop getting the blood flowing, mm-hmm. the full body. Charlie horse is going to take over for mm-hmm. about a week.
4: I think the takeaway here is we should all stop working out. <laughs> this I, just sounds really dangerous.
1: Well, it is when you're as out of shape as it's I am bad for your so. health. <laughs> uh, what do you have, Tyler? Well, I, I stumbled upon a,
4: a slice that was interesting for a number of reasons, not the least of which being that it features some of our friends and multiple Oscars.biz nominees, Duck Dynasty. Mm. You, you may be aware that Duck Dynasty appeared last night, Tuesday night, on Jimmy Kimmel, which I didn't see, but I'm sure it was an interesting, a fascinating interview. Those guys seem interesting. And Morrissey... Of the Smiths was also scheduled to play. He was didn't scheduled he to be
0: the lead singer of the Doors.
3: The, the Duck Dynasty guys confused him for Jim Morris. Oh,
0: that right? I didn't uh,
4: know. Willie
1: oh, tweeted. He said see. he that they were there doing rehearsals. Or whatever. Oh, I didn't see And that. he told Uncle Cy that Morrissey wasn't going to be on the show. And Uncle Cy goes, the "Lead singer, at the Doors." <laughs> 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 like, and he tweeted, "Yeah, yeah."
4: Well, it got a, you got ahead, but, but Morrissey is a is a. Really staunch vegan. A really, what would you say, a violent vegan? That sounds like sort of a contradiction in terms. Well, he's
1: in oh. LA right now doing a show at the Staples Center. And right. he had, as a term of even appearing in the venue, he had them shut down or turn all the vending into vegetarian. And, and there's a McDonald's in the Staples Center. And he got the McDonald's to agree to shut down for the day. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Well,
3: the Staples Center actually released a statement after that and said that they agreed to offer vegan alternatives, but they're still planning on serving meat.
1: Oh, mm. so they clarified. Mm.
3: Yeah. And, and, but to Tyler's point, you know, the Smiths had a song, you know, meat is murder is one of their, you know, early it was punky anthems.
4: And he's, so he's been known for, for a while, but he's turned people away from his shows who are wearing animal products. He,
3: He doesn't. He he just spots it
1: from the stage. Like, he's spotting raccoons. He he just (laughs) just calls them out. (laughs) He he snipers them
4: from the stage. Wow. No leather. So, being a Morrissey fan is sort of a. You have to really commit to being a Morrissey fan. Hmm. So, uh, since Duck Dynasty is obviously known for. Sort of bypassing the meat is murder rule in their own show, he canceled his appearance twenty four hours out. He told wow. Kimmel that he wasn't going to be appearing. Well, that's
2: on
1: all him. they require. It's like a doctor's office. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and there was no and there was, there was no penalty charged to Morrissey. Morrissey
2: because they shoot ducks and eat frogs and yeah, shetty snakes. He called and... them
4: he called them animal serial killers. Oh.
2: But, but yeah, Kim, Kimmel, Kimmel wasn't are.
3: too happy with it though. No, he, Kimmel he, wasn't happy He said with that him. I don't see how Morrissey can ever justify going on any talk show. Because there's meat in probably every green room of every show. So I, th- I see it almost more as a publicity stunt for Morrissey.
1: Kimmel came out and criticized a guest who canceled. He was unhappy. Wow. He let yeah.
4: people know it. But wow. he was, but, he, but Kimmel's been one of the more outspoken of the late night talk show. But he was not. While he was angry, Duck Dynasty, the members of Duck Dynasty themselves really took it in stride.
5: Yeah.
1: You might even say the higher road. And then, and then I heard, I heard um, the dad, Phil, he laid out the gospel on Kimmel last night. Like, I saw really? people tweeting about it when it happened. I didn't watch it.
4: Phil said, whoever this guy is, and he obviously doesn't know who Morrissey is, which <laughs> as no surprise to anyone. <laughs> whoever this guy is, if he wants to eat vegetables, no problem. We don't mind. If somebody says, y'all eat ducks, we're like, yeah. We don't hold it against him at all. Whoever he is, we love him as our neighbor, which... I mean, come on. That's great.
1: Mm -hmm. I stand by my statement. They're the best Christians on TV. Mm -hmm. I think after
4: that, I'd have to agree with you
1: on
3: that. Yeah. Kimmel said his statement was that he shouldn't, if Morrissey's going to kind of make some sort of principal statement and call out these other guys who are just responding to an invitation to be on the same show he is, then he shouldn't do any late night talk show if they do any commercials with like Outback or McDonald's Mm. because they're making the same profit off of you know, whatever he, he says his principle is against, you know? And I'm not criticizing vegans. I'm just saying it seemed a yeah, little Chad. classless of Morrissey to do that with such short notice.
2: cheese. Chatty's cheese. He's Chazzy cheese.
0: He's he fish. I eat fish. I'm a, I'm fish a very, very liberal vegan.
3: Yeah. And again, I, I don't <laughs> think this is a statement about veganism. It's more a statement about, you know, the proper way to, you know, communicate your convictions with someone. Right. You know? Right.
1: Okay. That'll do it for Scythe. Stay tuned up next, Joel Houston. You're listening to local natives. The song is Mount Washington. Does that mean that they are from Mount Washington?
4: Well they're local to Mount Washington. They're I'm native. Really, they're know. native to are Mount Washington. Are they native to it? I didn't know I hadn't
1: heard. I don't know. No, they're from LA. Well then this is a bunch of lies. Yeah. Chad
4: Chad, this need you have <laughs> this need you have to be the smartest person in the room is really off putting sometimes. <laughs> you
1: and you being correct. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Fact checking.
4: It's not really our thing around here. I think we've made that clear.
1: Well, our next guest needs no introduction. Joel Houston is one of the leaders of a global worship movement called Hillsong United. Uh, They started out of Hillsong Church in Sydney, Australia, and has, um, well, I mean, it's not an understatement to say that it's impacted the worship movement worldwide in 2010, uh, Joel Houston, uh, who was creative director of the church in Sydney, uh, decided to also be part of a church plant in New York City, Hillsong, New York. And so he joined Carl Lentz on a pretty bold adventure of planning a, the first Hillsong church venture in the U.S. Uh, he still does the work in Sydney. Uh, so he's creative director in Sydney, he's he's a leader at Hillsong, New York, he's recording new albums and has just released Hillsong United's third studio album in addition to 10 live albums. So this is the studio album. It's called Zion and it is currently as of this recording sitting at number one overall on the global iTunes charts. It's pretty crazy. And the fact that this is a studio album, it allows them to do things and create moments that you just couldn't do in an arena. And I think that's what's so unexpected about it. And and, and really has people talking. And I think
4: that one thing that I've really appreciated about past Hillsong recordings is you get that energy of the live show, you get the crowd cheering, and there's a lot of improvised worship things. And you're worried that you're going to miss that on the studio, but they've compensated for that with some very intimate moments.
1: Well, they they invited nine thousand people into the studio <laughs> to sing along. Is that right? No. Yeah. It was a, was a huge studio, you guys. Nine. It was, I think it was like nine thousand five hundred. But I heard you're
4: that. Close. I, I <laughs> They, they lost count at 9,000.
1: <laughs> Joel Houston is a friend. He, uh, he likes basketball, so that is where we mm-hmm. have bonded over the years. And uh, I couldn't be more happy for him. This is absolutely amazing. Uh, recently, our interim podcast member, Tyler Huckabee, <laughs> spoke to him. Here is Hillsong United's Joel Houston.
4: Where did the, the whole concept of Zion, when did that first start to surface in your thoughts about the project?
7: I guess it was late in the process and, uh, and I just came back to Isaiah 60 and was just reading it, reading through it. And this this idea of Zion kind of kind of kept, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I grew up in church and I was like, you know, I hear about Zion all the time. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, what is, who is Zion? I mean, Zion? Like, is it a place? Is it? A Someday, one day, or is it is it right now? Like, in, and and uh, I just I just got this revelation that um you know that Zion is is the people of God, and that we are the temple of God now, and that and and all of us being the people of God, you know, drawn into His kingdom, you know, one way or another, are wrapped up, you know, with Jesus, who I guess represents the New Jerusalem, and I just I just I love the solidarity that comes with the idea and the purpose that kind of wraps up in it that, you know, um, the kingdom isn't one day, someday, that, you know, we're not dragged out of being prisoners of of sin just to kind of one day, someday kind of go off to heaven, because if that was the case, I feel like, you know, we'd be saved and God would take us right there and then, but there's much more to the story, you know, that God is continually working in and through us, and He's wanting to breathe His kingdom in and through us, you know, in the world that we live in right here and now, and and so it just it just seemed like it was something that, you know, I know a lot of people are probably going to have a lot of questions about it, and it's in some ways it's a controversial subject because, you know, there can be so, such skewered kind of whole of views and, and, and understanding of what, of what Zion is, but, you know, it, it, I felt like it was an opportunity for us to take people on a journey, and I love that, I love, you know, telling a story and trying to unwrap just kind of break down, you know, what it is God's calling us to, and it's, it's obviously something that's very precious to the heart of God, and I think it's something that that we can uh, find that place within when it comes to actually actively living out our faith here and now, you know. Carry
4: Do you feel like Zion is a departure from anything you've done before? Is it what makes it different, or how do you keep things fresh when you have to keep turning out new projects?
7: For me, it has to be fresh because I just I, I get bored too easily, you know. <laughs> and 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 I love a challenge, you know. And, and I love a fight. And I think you know, for anything to be worthwhile, it has to come with a cost, and it has to come with challenges, and it has to come with a real, like I was, I was saying before, a real sense of kind of. Feeling like you're stepping into a place that you've never been before, and mm-hmm. you know this project, like we wouldn't have done it, and or we would have done it, and if it didn't feel like it was costly or new or fresh, or I don't even know if, if we'd release it. To be honest, you know, because it's just, I think, you know, what God's given us the opportunity to do is too precious, you know, and and so this project, I mean, definitely, you know, I walk into it like it's the first one we've ever done, and I said that with aftermath, and I meant it, you know, it's like. We have to be going somewhere new. And so I think, you know, musically, lyrically, um, the ideas surrounding it, every aspect of it has to be stepping into a place that we've never been before. And, and I feel like that's the nature of God. You know, He wants to take us deep. He wants us to, to go deeper. And, you know, we, we set really high standards from the get-go on, on what it needed to be. And in the me- in, in the midst of it, it felt like it's scary to be like, all right, is this is this even good? Are people going to like understand is people going to like it are people going to be able to use these songs are people going to be able to relate to them and it's funny because you get to the end of a project and it's, it's like oh wow well, it all came together like hang on I didn't see how that was going to work with this or this was going mm-hmm. to work with that but there's mm-hmm. a story there and there's a, a, a clear picture that, um, is certainly much bigger than you know any one song or any one idea or any one you know gift or talent or you know whatever and I think that's always been the story with what we do with United you know I feel like it's It doesn't really say that what we're a part of is much bigger than the part that we play.
4: deal with the because one thing that that I remember hearing about worship experiences a lot and even feeling about them is you go to a Hillsong concert or something and you have a really wonderful experience and a really uh, revelatory meeting with God and then you leave and that feeling is just sort of gone it, what do you hope people come out of after a concert that will that will be more lasting than just uh, the music
7: yeah you know, I, I always pray that what we do is more you know than just songs and and. Music and smoke and mirrors, you know, and uh, you know it's it's one of the things that you wrestle with, especially from a just a human point of view. But at the same time, you know, I, I believe that music, you know, is created by God or God, and uh, and as a gift to us, you know, to help us enter into the presence of, of God. I don't know if that makes sense, mm-hmm. but, but like, mm-hmm. um, it's certainly something that you know, the only thing that can change our lives or that can you know draw us closer. To God is is really His presence and and an understanding of who Jesus is and you know we, we say one of the things that we always say is you know churches you can't save anyone you know churches can't change anyone uh, a, a worship experience can't save anyone change anyone only Jesus can do that and so our job with everything we do is to kind of create an environment and a platform where people can in- encounter Jesus and so you know it, it's all going to serve that purpose and and you know then you know you you have this kind of Pressure to go bigger and bolder and stronger and whatever. And, you know, I think sometimes we can get fearful and steer away from that and go, oh, you know, like, let's not make it about all the stuff. But at the same time, God gave us all the stuff to use to bring in glory. And so that's kind of why we do it. And, you know, the fact is, you know, there's, there's kids will cry out to God and make these crazy confessions, you know, about what they're going to do for God and then they're going to walk straight out of there and face the realities of life. But, you know, I, I feel like what we do and, and why we do it, you know, can't be kept like, limited by fear of people kind of just not getting it. You know, I feel like the beautiful thing about songs is, you know, you can listen to them in any circumstances and, and they do have the ability to change the atmosphere, the environment, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the coolest thing for me is, you know, my friends who have like a, a horrible day and, you know, they'll just text me and go, like, Hey man, I put this song on, you know, home, I got back from work but, you know, really crappy day and it hit me like a ton of bricks and just reminded me like what it's all about. I'm like, well, that's why we do what we do. And, you know, I feel like the corporate worship experience is an incredible atmosphere and it's a place where, you know, God can encounter people and does encounter people and people encounter God. And within that place, there is the ability for God to at least begin to kind of change people's perspective or or, or turn their heart, change their heart or, or, you know, break down through certain walls that have been there for a long time, you know. Thank
1: That was Joel Houston. Go check out the Hillsong United album available now everywhere. You really don't want to be the only person in your circle of friends who doesn't have it. You don't want to be that guy. Go get it. Buy it. Support it. Don't stream it. Get it now. Sign.
6: Like a skull beneath the ground
1: You're listening to Frightened Rabbit. The song is Backyard Skulls. Okay, if I was in a backyard and I was a rabbit and I ran into skulls, I'd be frightened. Too. So,
4: <laughs> do we do we know that they're rabbits? There skulls? might be little rabbit skulls. We don't know And that all
1: that of a sudden you find yourself in a place full of rabbit skulls. I'd be terrified. If I was a rabbit. The
4: real mystery here is what kind of skulls did we find in the backyard? And I'm why are they just there? Not skulls? to go there, I think.
0: <laughs> just so alone. Yeah, just enjoy
1: this. The less we think about it, the better.
4: It's a dark road. <laughs>
1: So about every, I don't know, eight weeks or so, every two months or so, Mm -hmm. bi-monthly, you could say, uh, we invite the editorial team of Relevant to join us here in the studio, and uh, they shed some insight on the new issue of Relevant. This is a special uh, issue, uh, as you know. It is our 10-year anniversary in print, and um, we had a lot of fun putting this one together and... um, I guess my hope for it would have been that it would have felt celebratory in some way, yet not self-indulgent, and I think we hit the right chord. Mm -hmm. It's fun, Mm -hmm. it's retrospective, it's future casting, it's now, and it's us. I'm really, really, really happy with it. So welcome to the studio, Stephanie Smith. Hello. And as you know, our interim podcast (laughs) trial member, Tyler, (laughs) is here as well. So, um... I think that's your new full title. <laughs> I'm just gonna be the, the new... masthead. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm gonna be interim podcast member for a long time.
0: Not managing I? editor. No, no. And, no. and no. you don't introduce him. You just say he's still here. <laughs> <laughs> in the next issue, relevant masthead Tyler Huckabee still he's here. Still <laughs> here. Um,
4: just a picture of me with kind of a sad face.
1: So when we were kind of plotting out this segment, we were ran into a little bit of trouble because we didn't know what to focus on. Because usually in an issue. Hey, cover story, a feature or two, we move on. This one is so packed, and it actually kind of has two cover stories. Mm -hmm. And then the stuff that's on the interior and any other issue could have been a cover story. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, We can start with the actual cover and the very unconventional uh, piece that we did uh, with Tony Hale from Arrested Development. He's Buster Bluth.
2: Where did Onion get that juice box? Oh,
3: no. Those are for his soccer team. No sugar for you. You just get more awful.
7: Hey, adopted brother. Do you think I could have a hit of that juice box that...
1: We're six months out. We're playing that on this show. So you're thinking about what's going on in the spring, March, April. <sighs> mm-hmm. Oh, well, what are we excited about? The return of Arrested Development. Right. The unconventional thing with... And plus... Yeah, you know, and add all that, we knew Tony Hale was a Christian. Right. How do we know Tony Hale's a Christian? He's friends with Donald Miller. How do we know that? Because they vacation together sometimes, and we're friends with Don, and so therefore we kind of knew all this stuff. And so we're like, "Oh man, it'd be awesome to get Tony at right when Arrested Development's coming back, and he's in that show Veep on HBO, which is coming back, which right is now. going, yeah, Season which is too, yeah." And, and so we thought this is great. Oh man. It's just going to, like, then then the reality of the process settles in in the, in the brainstorming meeting of all the layers of publicity you're going to have to go through to finally get to him. So you have Arrested Development's publicist. You have Veep's publicist. You have probably his personal publicist, who we didn't know at the time. Right. Did it, all this stuff's kind of like, man, it would be great to get Tony, but challenging. So it's not n- nearly a sure thing. So we're in the meeting, and I'm like, well, I know Don knows him. So I texted Don... <laughs> And just said, hey, I didn't want to ask Don for a favor. Like, can you get me in touch with Tony? Right. So I said, hey, Don, what if, because you guys are friends, what if you talk to Tony (laughs) and therefore, you know, I'm not using you, you know? (laughs) What if you talk to Tony for the new issue relevant? He wrote back, I love the idea. So we usurped the system and went through the friend route. And uh, what we ended up with for our cover story is literally a transcript of a phone call between Donald Miller and Tony Hale. It's fascinating and hilarious.
4: It ended up better than I think, it ended better, better than, I thought, than I it thought it was going to end up. They have you, so much chemistry. Faith I, I knew it was going to be good. I always believed in the idea. I wanted it to happen. <laughs> it's just, here. here's here's what happens a lot of times, is you get with somebody with a big name, like Tony Hale, to sit down and talk to you, and it's a great cover story. It's a great picture. But then they start talking and you realize uh-oh
1: this isn't going to be very interesting at all. <laughs> <laughs> they, they slip into talking points or they don't want to go deep about faith and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. It's just like, okay, just generic I, exactly. kind of soundbite. Which is
4: always the filter we use at relevant. We want to make sure that we don't just put a big name on the cover. We want to make sure they say something that's really interesting. We, that's we, what we aspire to right. and content. Right. We,
1: have, we have missed that aspiration from time to it's time. It's happened. But... We we are more emboldened than ever.
4: Every time is another reminder that we should definitely be doing a better job. <laughs> <laughs> Every issue is a reminder we need to be doing a better job. I like it. That's how we've made ten years. <laughs> um, with Tony, we didn't even have we didn't even have to try. Um, his and Don's conversation was. It's funny. It's interesting. It's encouraging. Even I think for for me to read about somebody like Tony, and how he's kept his himself grounded in a. And in a field that is not known for producing a lot of grounded people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, and two, he really did. They did have an honest and very candid conversation about faith in Hollywood. And uh, that that to me was kind of like when we put Zach Levi on the cover. Like he actually opened up. Like truly opened up. Like he wanted to talk about it. And um, a lot of times you get the whole celebrity who is a believer, but they don't want to be outed as a Christian right. thing. Right, so they right. dance around it. It's understandable. It's understandable. Yeah. Tony? No hesitation. He's talking to his friend Don, and they just talked about it. Mm-hmm. It was great. And we appreciated
8: their honesty and his candidness throughout this interview. He has some great insights on that balance of fame and faith that are really fascinating.
1: And uh, Veep is out now. Arrested Development's coming soon. He, he gave us a scoop on the movie. Can't wait. The Arrested Development movie Can't uh, wait. or the rumored Arrested Development yeah, movie. If you to... want the scoop, it's in the issue. We're not spoil- we don't do any spoiler alerts. Yeah. Uh, also in the issue phenomenal lineup. Um if you have heard the radio and or watch TV in the last six months, you know this other feature, this group that we featured, the Lumineers. oh hey. Is
8: that <laughs> ringabell? <laughs> they were they,
1: they were on the podcast last week. And uh, just went platinum, which is stunning for a debut album. Mm. Uh, couple, they're blowing up right now.
4: couple kids out of nowhere. They're and, at the
1: Grammys. Yep. But
8: they have a great story about how they got there, which is something that we tackled in this feature. Mm-hmm. Very surprising.
1: So you heard, you probably heard them on the podcast last week, but we saved the best for the magazine. What you heard was the, the cuts, what didn't make the feature. That's tonight. another
0: uh, podcast tagline. The Relevant Podcast. We save the best for the magazine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In the magazine, we always try harder. The thing thing you have to pay for is where the good stuff comes. That is true. But but, uh, there is a a conversation we had with the Lumineers where they tell the story of how um, uh, one of the band members was added literally via a Craigslist ad. And the, the story from there is, surreal. Like, no, this doesn't happen. You know, it's like a movie.
4: I don't think it's hyperbole to say it might be the most culturally momentous
1: Craigslist
4: mm-hmm. ad uh, of all time. Yep. Uh,
1: I, would, I would agree with that. Anyway, that's a fascinating one as well. Um, in the same genre, maybe on a similar trajectory, we talked to the Lone Bellow, one of our favorite new albums, one of our favorite new groups. Uh, Zach, We talked to Zach Williams of the Lone Bellow. He's great. Um, they were produced by Charlie Peacock, who did The Civil Wars. So if you love The Civil Wars, you definitely are going to love the Lone Bellows album. Here's, here's a clip. Give me
6: your heart fever, loudest scream in the crowd. And all of these good times can't change the way I feel about you now.
1: And just like with Lumineers, if you listen to podcasts, you you heard just that a, just a little bit. But you, you but again, you saved the good the stuff whole, for the magazine. <laughs> you so. didn't hear the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um just it's like hit after hit after hit. Then um, what? Yeah. We have we have a feature written by Rachel Held Evans.
8: Yes. The story behind uh, Rachel writing for us is that something we started talking about as a team is just this this paradox of what do you do as a Christian when you know that you know, we're supposed to read God's word and encounter him through the scripture. But we also know that we each bring our own kind of bent to it. So what do we do with that? And something that kind of gave rise to that conversation was Rachel's new book out this year on biblical womanhood kind of raised a lot of questions about gender roles. And that's something she tackled in the book going into, you know, what is a biblical view on manhood and womanhood? And um, she sought to kind of explore those questions through her book. But then, again, when the book came out, uh, critics were one of their first things they said was that, well, this isn't exploring these questions in a biblical way. This, you know, they attacked her uh, biblical interpretation methods.
1: John Acuff wrote a, a a quiz, a humor piece for us uh that I'm not going to give away. You just need to you need to read it. Uh, did we
4: preview that on the podcast any we, we
1: did not. He was on though John he was, was on, on last week's podcast, yeah. yeah. Uh, he did not do this piece. Um, w- w- Michael Gunger writes for the issue. Uh, we look at uh, one of our favorite emerging bands Milo Green. It takes
6: me away. It takes me away. It takes
1: me away. We talked to Mark Burnett and Roma Downey Uh, producers of the upcoming Bible miniseries, the the epic uh, miniseries on the History Channel coming up in March. Which we've seen a little bit of, and it looks really
4: good. Mm -hmm. Really good. The Bible looks really
8: good. You have to see it to believe it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you hear hear that a massive reality show producer and the star of Touched by an Angel are going to do a Bible miniseries, and you go, "Uh uh-oh. We were
4: skeptical. (laughs) I was skeptical.
1: I don't like to be a doubter. When you see the footage and you see that this thing looks like a hundred million dollar epic cinematic Mm -hmm. film you kind of go okay that's what we talked to them about how in the world they they see this as their gift their legacy to back to the church that they've been blessed with the opportunity to do this and so they did this for the church Mm -hmm. they're both believers they talk about that it was a fascinating interview Laura Studeris uh, one of our one of our favorite writers sat down with them in LA and uh, it was it was really great so you want to check that out there's a lot more in the issue. I mean, it's just packed, which brings us to the 10 year anniversary section. So <laughs> <laughs> ducktales again. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I'm still stuck on it. So this marking our 10 year anniversary, we, we wanted to hit it from a few different angles. Um, we wanted to look back at the last 10 years at kind of what's changed. And when we set out to start publishing this magazine, you know, the idea really was birthed in me when I was a sophomore in college, when I was 19. And it was eight years later that the first issue came off the presses. Uh, it was a hard road. Nothing like relevant at the time existed. And, and and trying to create something that doesn't exist for an audience that nobody knows how to reach, an audience that doesn't shop in Christian bookstores, an audience that wasn't really even going to church, how do you reach them? I mean, it was tough. Mm-hmm. It was tough. It took eight years. Got it out. And what was interesting is when we first emerged, the spiritual climate in our generation was very different than now. And so sure. we took a piece uh, of this section and looked at that, looked at what's kind of changed since then, kind of mm-hmm. the defining moments. Jonathan Merritt wrote this piece. It's a fascinating list. It was a lot of fun collaborating, putting it together.
4: Um, 2003, I was a freshman in college, and I remember getting my first issue of Relevant Magazine, or I remember a friend coming in and saying, hey, have you have you checked this, this thing out yet?
1: You're like... Um, it is my destiny Where to he, be there. and I knew then and there <laughs> I would never One rest. One day I will be an interim member of that podcast,
4: <laughs> and I will still be there, no matter what. And I remember, I remember relevant really being part of my. Uh, in my formative, sort of those formative college years, of giving me a lot of permission to doubt, which is something that Jonathan Merritt tackles in this, right. in this ten trends. Sure. Because at the time, that was a very, that was still a very scary idea for me, and I think for the church at large. And in ten years, uh, I, I don't want to say only thanks to Relevant, because there's been a number of people who've been
1: involved. Of course. Lauren Winner, Donald Miller. I mean, yeah, there's a whole yeah. thing that happened around oh three, oh four, oh five. Of we we published a book called Wrestling with God. I mean, it's one of our first books, if not maybe our fourth book total. Wrestling with God. It was like that was what was happening in our generation. We were wrestling with the childhood faith that we, or the the expression of Christianity that we grew up under. We were wrestling with that, and that's actually where our name came from. Was that in that wrestling, a lot of people were saying or choosing or landing on the side of well, the faith that I knew is irrelevant to the life that I live now, Mm -hmm. or religion, or the church I grew up in is irrelevant. I saw that happening and felt like somebody needed to scream from the mountaintops. Okay, whatever, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know your story, so I'm not going to speak to how you feel about faith or Christian leaders or whatever, or or the church, but whatever you say about a man-made institution the man-made expression of the church. If you say that's irrelevant, fine. But God is relevant. Mm-hmm. God's relevant to your life. And we, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. God's relevant. Magazine, relevant. The magazine is named that way because we're talking about the stuff that is relevant to your life. So faith in knowing God is there at the crux of it. Mm-hmm. The life... The questions we're asking, the the life that we lead, the things that we're into. These are all things that are relevant to me. So therefore, there's the magazine name, right? But that wrestling with God moment was really, really formative in the early yeah. part of the decade.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: And I think because we have permission to do that, it's it's ended up with a, something we've talked about a lot, too, is a group of evangelicals who, who ends up being more committed than ever. Right. To their faith, right? Um, because they've it refines it, it and makes exactly. it more
8: more real. Exactly, having been through that, yeah.
1: And, and maybe on the other side of it, the expression looks a little different. You know, sure. the the Christian lives that we lead look a little different, but I think are tangible and authentic and mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. real, like you said. It has roots, right? It has roots at the end of it, right? So we also we have two other sections in this uh, ten. We look at the 10 leaders who most kind of defined, led, challenged this movement nationally over the last decade, and we asked our readers who—I we, we I guess we made a list of probably 100, 150 names, just mm-hmm. kind of every name, right. if they have more than 100 Twitter followers, <laughs> so they were on our list. And just uh, just said, of these leaders, who most significantly impacted your faith walk over the last decade? and And everybody voted— Thousands of votes came in. And here's something that was interesting. The list was intentionally diverse. The list that we put in front of people. And the list that came back, nine of the 10 were white men and 10 of the 10 were men. And that was the list that our readers gave us. And we wrestled with this because we are, our hope and our intention was to run this list and say, here's, you know, readers voted Here's who you say most impacted us, you know? And we didn't feel right doing that. Right. Because I don't believe that our movement is represented by a list of 10 men, 10 white men, primarily. And um, it bothered me deeply. Uh, Diversity, while we get emails from time to time of like, why are there so many dudes on your covers? Diversity of voice, diversity of perspective, diversity of... People is an important thing to me personally. Even though I am a white guy, I want our magazine to be better than that, more representative of the body of Christ, not just one stream of it. So we we made a few changes. We shuffled the order a little bit. We added people who we were impacted by. Now it's still dominantly white men, but we do it begrudgingly. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. When we look at the ten, we went to the list. We went. We looked at the next ten, mm-hmm. and it was all white men. And we looked at the next 10 and there might have been one woman, you know, it was just like,
8: and in the process, I think we were so for as many challenges as there were with this list, we were very encouraged to know that the final list is so much more than 10. There are so many people out there who are doing really amazing things and leading movements today that we just didn't have enough page space to fill, but, uh, it was great to kind of rediscover them in this process. And, and,
1: and what we tried to do is make sure our aspiration over the years has been to build bridges between the streams, you know, like there are many streams. And, and, and so like you, you, whoever you are listening, are in a stream of Christianity. You, you, you practice your faith or you congregate with people who are like you. I mean, that's the truth. And there are people who have significantly impacted you that people who probably your same age in other streams have never heard of mm-hmm. um, or have never read or whatever, never heard. And so um, what we try to do is intentionally... Uh, have a connection with all of these streams because there's one river and we want to give voice to the river and the river is made up by all the streams. And so what we wanted the list to do was be representative of the breadth of the river. You know, you'll see certain names that kind of represent a category more than they were the only person in that category who made their mark. Mm -hmm. It's just this person kind of personifies a stream. Uh, the, the third component of all this was to say, well, we've got all these amazing things that have happened in the last 10 years that have changed things dramatically. And we're sitting here talking to all these amazing leaders. <sighs> More importantly than looking back, I want to look forward. I have a hard time looking back. That's just how I'm wired. So I really wanted to make sure that this wasn't a pat on the back retrospective. Uh, I want to make sure that it was challenging mm-hmm. and future casting. Mm-hmm. And so we asked these leaders and others what they saw, Um, preferably it was people who were a little further down the highway than we were and could tell us what's coming. Mm -hmm. And we asked them, what are the things that our generation is going to have to deal with in the coming decade? What are the things that are maybe not on the current radar that are going to define the next 10 years? The list that came back was absolutely fascinating. Wonderful. Well, the new issue is available now. In the issue, you'll find If you can name them, they're in it. Bob Goff, Bono, Rob Bell, Lauren Winter, Rick Warren, John Acuff, Joel Houston. Joel, yeah. I mean... If they're out there, they're in this issue. <laughs> if you've never seen an issue relevant, start with this one. It'll catch you up of ten years of stuff you missed. Yep. Um, it's a cheat sheet issue. If you have an iPad, it's available now. The iPad edition is up. It's stunning. Um, There's some things in it that didn't that we couldn't squeeze into the print edition. Uh, if you're near a uh, Barnes and Noble or other newsstands, uh, we're distributed nationwide. Uh, if you don't see us, ask for us. It uh, it makes a difference. And um, if you want to subscribe, head over to relevantmagazine.com. You'll get instant access to all of the content on the website, plus your subscriber extras like albums and and other things immediately. Uh, You'll also, all subscribers now get access to the iPad edition included. So if you'd subscribe, we'd appreciate it. I think you'll like it. All right, that'll do it for our look inside the 10-year anniversary issue of Relevant. Stay tuned up next. Your feedback. And our apologies. <laughs> 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 You're listening to Escondido. The song is Cold October. It's time for your feedback. Last week, uh, we got talking about the uh, massive failure of the <laughs> python hunting uh, strategy in the Everglades in Florida. And now the inevitability that our state will be overrun by these non-indigenous Burmese pythons that have no natural predators in our land. It's the beginning of the end, folks. And we just wanted to say our goodbyes. Unless, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Unless you could help us. So we asked you for some innovative uh, ideas for eradicating the Burmese python infestation in our state, uh, things that maybe are a little outside the box, things that hadn't been talked about yet. You went over to the podcast episode page at uh, relevantmagazine.com. You also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Here's a few of your suggestions.
3: Well, Aaron Brown on the Facebook page said that said that he wants to to merge the solution with a rapidly growing consumer demand. And all we need to do is figure out some sort of of bait that we can put in the swamp that will turn the pythons into delicious, colorful gummy python. Mm. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. I don't see how we that could, wouldn't work. Then we could just send people in to collect the gummy pythons and eat them. <laughs> oh, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. The Party Pythons. Oh.
2: <laughs> the Party Python. <laughs> Kiki Pounds uh, is is our mad scientist that listened, and she says she works with mice and she'd be happy to hook us up if we want to make this happen, guys.
3: Oh, with the, the mouse poisons, drop yeah. that we were thinking about doing? Now, now speaking of that, did you guys see several links to news stories of of government officials actually dropping poison mice? Yeah, yeah
2: in Guam. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, that was, if you heard last week's show, that was our theory. That's where we ended up that we should Apparently, poison yeah. mice. And drop them into the Everglades, the Burmese pythons would eat them and die.
3: And Evidently, that, a government intelligence officer listens to this podcast every, <laughs> every week and had access to such an experiment and decided to pull it off. I mean, that's the only logical explanation on this thing. So
1: so if it goes well in Guam, so we do all of our experiments on Gu- in, in Guam. on the, yeah. the Guam residents. <laughs> like, we're not sure if this is going to work in America. Let's try it in Guam. Well, technically,
3: goes, America owns Guam. Right. That's what we're saying. It's our little yeah.
1: test lab. It's our R&D facility. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if something goes horribly wrong, it's contained because it's a pretty small island. In What's more American than that? <laughs> <laughs> we open a McDonald's in Guam, <laughs> and we do our experiments there. It is really the most American of any land in the world.
3: So good idea. Oh, on a quick side note, Jordan Wiseman posted on the Facebook page that a link to a, a, a story. TJ Maxx and Marshalls are coming together to launch an online shopping uh, experience.
2: Experience this can only mean it. that a... Someone's at your house, Jesse. Oh.
3: Someone is at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of... Oh, it's a UPS guy. Don't worry. Um, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. The, the authorities are here. Uh, <laughs> 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 they You're found you Guam. I, I, it's a
0: fake sheriff. <laughs> yeah,
3: there's a guy in a sheriff's suit standing right outside my door. Holding some flowers. I, I will say this. Know? He's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed. Uh, no, but TJ Maxx and Marshalls combining, I think our only presumption is this will open up some sort of wormhole in the universe. Right. It's true. I, try, I unsuccessfully tried to start a Twitter feud between the two uh, last week. But I we
1: saw that. You were tweeting at Marshalls, saying to <laughs> Marshalls that TJ Maxx is talking some smack about it <laughs> and linking to the TJ Maxx name. And then you were saying stuff to TJ Maxx. So considering they're owned by the same company... They didn't take the bait I
3: just I just thought it'd be really fun because someone there's someone's job both of the maybe it's the same person, but someone's job is to maintain both of those Twitter feeds. And I just thought it'd be really funny to just get them all riled up, you know? But they didn't take my bait. They probably get that all the time. Some <laughs> smart aleck. I, I'm surprised I didn't get blocked by either Marshall's or Twitter on or on Twitter.
4: Andrew Buchler, um I believe it's Buchler had a good idea of why, we, why we're trying to kill off the pythons without trying to make a buck off of it. His idea was celebrity python hunters, in which we take certain celebrities, mm. maybe that. a little past their prime, send them into the Everglades and have them do it. And then if we pick the right celebrities, it's kind of like a win-win situation for us. <laughs> we have to be smart about which celebrities we send
3: in. Send Busey down there. He's always up for oh, a reality. That was, that was one of you, you put
1: Busey, a stick, and an airboat in the same room, and, and you're not going to have any snakes left. I'll tell you that much.
3: Right. <laughs> you might not have any Everglades left, <laughs> but you definitely won't have he any snakes. He
1: beat the Everglades to a pulp.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the, the Everglades are just a big pile of dirt after that.
4: Andrew had some other ideas. Uh, Dean Cain, Carrot Top, Casper Dean Van Dien.
1: Dean Cain. <laughs> Dean Kane would also Dean Kane would shriek pool. like a little girl when he got pinched by a crab. I'll tell you that much right <laughs> now.
3: I'll tell you, I, I, I believe listeners. I don't know if they will remember, but I think Dean Kane was um, nominated for a lifetime achievement award in the first Oscar <laughs> stop. This <Pips. laughs> <laughs> he did not win.
4: <laughs> well, he has another chance if he goes and takes care of our Python problem. Yeah, I,
3: I would. I would be willing be a, to renominate him. That'd be a lifetime achievement. Oh yeah. Caleb Hilrich uh, <laughs> on the Facebook page posted some pretty phenomenal uh, tattoo mock ups. Yeah.
2: Oh, yes. And yeah. Tyler and his. Yeah. And he also,
3: he also mocked up an Oscars.biz trophy, which I really like. If we ever have, if, if one of us is able to acquire a 3D printer and replace the plastic with solid gold, I think we should go ahead and make this, uh, this trophy. It's the Oscars trophy, but it has Jungle Bird's head. On it, wearing the little Union Jack toboggan.
1: I like it. Okay, that'll do it for your feedback. If you want to check out the rest of it, uh, you can head over to our podcast episode page at com. Okay, it's time for our new segment, probably weekly. Okay, so last week uh, Maya brought a slice about giant goldfish taking over Lake Tahoe, and we thought it tied in with the Uh, invasive, non-indigenous Burmese python Mm -hmm. news, you know. So Maya found a photo in a news article of a man holding a large, large, large goldfish. We posted it on our podcast episode page to alert everyone to the creatures. Right. And you all told us it was a fake.
2: People are ruining my world here. I'm. I was
4: glad to find out it was a
1: fake. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't want those around. <laughs> I was. I want to thank the listeners
4: for correcting us on that one.
1: Yeah. So apparently, uh, we posted as true something that was not. We apologize. I found
2: it on the internet. I mean. Yeah. You, there, I there was no way you. How did it get it on the internet in the first place?
3: It's <laughs> not real. There was no real. way you couldn't.
1: Have, you couldn't have known. It's not your fault, Maya. And there was yeah. one more, and this one destroyed me as much as finding out that the stingrays thing was staged. Okay. Wow. The the stingrays photo bomb, as as I told all of you last week, is was not spontaneous. It was completely staged. It was not crushing funny. That was a anymore. That ruined my world. I friends texted me about it when they heard the podcast (laughs) about how mad they were at me. It's like I told them that Santa Claus isn't real. Um. Well, we we did then uphold. Well, at least we have the cow photo bomb.
3: Right. That's fake too. I See, I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm going to need oh, to. Someone's going to need to send me proof that that's not real.
1: It's fake, too. Oh,
2: it breaks my heart.
1: So the what cow, the cow horse photo bomb that we posted, <laughs> it know? was part of the Oscars.biz, also actually differently fake. So, I mean, the, the, the Stingray thing was a real photo. It just was a man... Doing it, he was mm-hmm. making the Stingray do that to the girls. Uh, the the cow photobomb
3: was just photoshopped. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a Photoshop expert to investigate that photo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesse, yeah.
2: next year for the Oscars, it just needs to be the category. But it's like we don't care if it's faked or not. Yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, it's Deal still hilarious.
1: It. Oh man. Okay, so that'll do it for.
2: Surprise! Surprise! We were wrong. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> surprise! Surprise! We were duped and didn't do any research.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I told you all. Like it was Like true. I said,
3: I, 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 I'm, I'm standing by the photo, the the Cal Photo photobomb. I'm gonna need some sort of evidence that, that 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 was fabricated. Okay.
1: I, I guarantee you right now. If you Google Cal I'm doing it right Cal now. Cow photobomb <laughs> fake probably there's somebody who snoped it or whatever.
2: makes my heart happy that a cow would smile like
1: that. Kind of like goats screaming like humans. Yeah. Cows smiling Is like humans. Is that what's next? Is that yeah. fake? Now we're going to find out that goats are
4: actually screaming like humans and then what am I going to do?
3: <laughs> if those goats are screams aren't real, I'm done with the internet. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done. i will. I will try to you know, do whatever I can to just have the, the plug pulled on the internet.
1: I will book my airfare by calling the airlines. <laughs> <From now laughs> I will call my my friend's on the
4: phone and ask them how they are doing. I will mail doing. letters. You just watch. You just watch. I will ask for pictures of my friend's lunches by hand.
1: <laughs> it's delivered to me. <laughs> I will go to lunch with my friends so I can see their food versus seeing a picture of it when on the When I Internet. go to the
3: gym, I will one by one tell them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, set a new 5K time today.
1: I'm running. Everybody see me running? I'm running right now. This guy. When I become the mayor of the bank next door... I will stand on the street corner and proclaim it. Will you just start shouting your tweets to people? On the <laughs> just, just stand but when there. I'm
3: having a bad day for ambiguous reasons and want people to know for sympathy, <laughs> I will just proclaim, having a really tough day, you guys.
1: When they say, hey, how you doing? You tell them the truth. That's mm-hmm. what you do.
3: Yeah, with
4: little With a little sad face emoticon.
3: Yeah, I, I just actually make Frown. a sad face. <laughs> yeah, close your for, face. S- stick your nose yeah, out.
1: Exactly. So oh, hopefully the goats, we don't want to have to resort to those measures, so this hopefully sounds, the goats scream like humans. Can you imagine a world without the internet? It sounds awful. Awful. Well, it's when I learned how to weightlift. <laughs> <years. laughs> it was a different time. Different times where we worried about quote
3: unquote your back and quote unquote spraying down sweaty benches. <laughs> a lot of stuff has changed. <laughs>
1: All right. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right, well, you know, as you know, this is the ten year anniversary of, of Relevant. Yeah. And um As you heard at the beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. Maya was making fun of the fact that our first cover was a stock photo, and we're really lucky to have made it past that.
2: It was more that (laughs) just everyone thought it was you.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I I still like it. I stand by it. So
2: so,
1: uh, what we thought is, yay, we're not above critique. We're not above constructive criticism. We're not above mulligans and asking for do-overs. So, it's been
2: two, 10 years. We can talk about it. Yeah, about I, the pain has subsided. Has <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: i have enough distance
3: now. This year, it became okay to talk about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we, here's what we're going to ask you. If you could do the first cover story of Relevant over again, what would you have made it, or what should it have been? Yeah. Um, March 2003, that was the time. So think about where you were back then, what you were into, what were you listening to? Who were you reading? What were you watching? Where were you going? What were you thinking about? And what would have been a cover story on Relevant that would have drawn you to that magazine to say, wow.
2: And our I, story was on 24-7 sto- Prayer, Our right? story
1: was actually a story on a pretty awesome movement based out of London. Pete Gregg, 24-7 Prayer, 247prayer.com. It was pretty cool. The pro- And we had a photographer there and the story and everything. We just didn't have a cover shot. Mm-hmm. And... Uh,
2: So it was more of this guy looking over the city. Yeah, it's
1: a generic shot, you know, and it's really unfortunate in hindsight. So, so we're not saying there's anything (laughs) wrong. We're not saying there's anything wrong with the subject that we selected and talking to Pete Gregg and everything. Uh, What we're talking about more is the cover itself. So, so we're opening it up. So, if you want to do a different cover story, or and if the more creatives among you want to design a Mm. cover, the first cover of Relevant, the ideal first cover of Relevant. And put it over on our pace, Facebook page or something like that. Uh, we'd love to see it.
4: I probably I probably put Pikachu on the cover. <laughs> I know it was a little <laughs> was bit. Past, what you were into back really then. I, then. I know it was a little bit past, past his prime, but I think he had sort of a turnaround, like in his own, in his own life and his spiritual life, and it'd be mm-hmm. an interesting story.
1: So, so the question of the week is: If if we could redo the first cover of Relevant from ten years ago, what would it be? Maybe tell us some of the cover lines, some of the stories. Maybe you could just mm. call a mulligan on the whole issue. And redo the whole issue. If you, there you yeah, go. Yeah. If you're the if you were the guest editor of the first issue of Relevant ten years ago, so I'm not saying today. I'm saying in March two thousand three. What would be your what if your age
2: was at that point?
1: Yeah. If you were twelve, what <laughs> would
3: <laughs> the Pikachu is probably pretty realistic. Yeah.
1: Pogs. Yeah. If you're the guest editor. Who would the cover be? What would the cover look like? What are some of the cover lines? What would the first? What should the first issue of Relevant have covered, knowing what you know now?
4: And we, and we will pick one lucky winner to do all of our work for us from here on. <laughs> <in>. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: The, yeah, yeah, the best one will design the next cover.
1: The, the best one has a job,
3: <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> not paid not per uh, se, but, but job. more of a duty. You will have a duty, an unpaid duty. You
1: have an obligation to us. Binding verbal contract. Okay, so head over to the uh, podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com or you could post it on our Facebook page or I guess you could send us a link via Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Well, many thanks to Joel Houston for talking to us. Make sure to check out the brand new Hillsong United album called Zion. It is everywhere and blowing up the charts. You won't regret it. Follow Joel on uh, Twitter at Joel Houston or you can follow Hillsong at, at Hillsong United. If you want to get the new issue of Relevant, it's out now. If you have an iPad, go get the iPad edition. It's it's pretty awesome. There's some extras in it that we couldn't fit in the print magazine. It's really great. It's right there on the App Store, the newsstand. Search for Relevant. Uh, it's also available on newsstands nationwide. Most Barnes and Nobles, some airports. Look for it. If they don't have it, ask for it. And of course, you can subscribe at RelevantMagazine.com. When you subscribe now for fourteen ninety nine both print and digital access is included. So you you get both the print and iPad editions now. Uh, We've simplified everything. And of course, you get all the subscriber extras with the free albums and all that kind of stuff. So again, now we would appreciate the support and I think you'll really like the issue. I think you'll really like it. Tony Hale was a great sport. Many thanks to Don Miller and all the others who are involved in the issue. Um, It's a culmination of a decade of fun stuff, good things. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Fun putting it together. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang.
2: I'm Maya Strang.
1: I'm Tyler Huckabee.
3: I'm Jesse Carey.
1: That's Ty Michael Snably. We'll see you next week.
3: Return to the Mac. Get up, what it is, what it does, what it is, what it isn't.
6: Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and checking a new hit get up. First shot, construct, walking. A little bit of humble, a little bit of cautious. Somewhere between like Rocky and Cosby's, for a game. Nope, nope, y'all can't copy yet. Bad, moonwalking. And this here is our party. My posse's been on Broadway. And we did it all week. Home music. In my skin and put my bones into everything I record to it and yet I'm on let that stage light go and shine on down got that Bob Barker suit game and plinko with my style money stay on my craft and stick around for those pounds but I do that to pass the torch and put on for my
0: thanks for listening to the relevant podcast go follow us on twitter at relevant podcast and for more great content check out relevant magazine
6: halfway across that city with the back back, back
3: Just got back sweating in the gym. No big deal. Here's my new 5K time.